Hi, welcome to the Stubborn Tortoise Podcast. I'm Donna Pazdera. Today's episode is going to be a little shorter. Um, let me tell you why. Um, I've been in Austin, Texas this week, uh, working with an extraordinary group of recent and soon-to-be graduates from college from all over the country, and they are working on multimedia storytelling about stories of recent immigrants. And I am a mentor to a brilliant young man named Geronimo, and um, he's listening, so, or he better be listening. (laughs) Anyway, no, he is really just a a top-rate journalist. Someone please hire him, because he's just He's got, he's got the goods, and he's sort of like my spirit animal, I think, in that we're both real talkers, and we both kind of have the same philosophy about life and a lot of things. We we click, and it's, it's really been a cool experience to work with him. Um, we worked pretty late today. Um, we started, well, I started around 9, and we didn't finish until probably around 7.30 or better tonight, which... For me, is usually kind of a long, long day because I usually, as a teacher, I don't usually work that long. Um, I mean, I, I work a lot from home. But anyway, so yeah, I'm with a handful of other mentors who are paired with mentees, and we are putting together this project about first days in the United States of immigrants. And... Um, it's just been a really, really cool experience. The week's gone really fast. It is put on by National Public Radio's uh, Next Generation, and it's a really cool project and, and gives them experience. They get to learn how to work under deadlines, um, you know, write scripts, interview people. I mean, it's not necessarily in that order. But anyway, it's uh, it's been a really cool experience. But uh, to be honest, I haven't had a lot of time this week to devote to this podcast, but I did not want to leave you hanging. Ha <laughs> um, So I've got one that actually, when I wrote this blog post, Um, It was probably one of the the most read blog posts I've ever written. And this was written in 2017. And um, I think it's something that resonates with people. Even if you're not a runner, (laughs) it's sort of like slowing down to look at a car accident or something. So this one's called The Cheaters. I'm going to set the scene first. Okay, so this took place, or the first part of this took place at a race held in Brownsville um, over Memorial Day weekend, and it's been going on for a few years, and it's called the Heroes Race, and it's a 25K night race, so it's like 15 and a half miles. The, The devil of this particular race is that it's really hot. And incredibly humid. I mean, it's it's like being in the jungle or something. It's 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 crazy. I mean, I, I end up throwing up and, and feeling terrible most of the race, but you somehow get through it. <clears throat> so anyway, just suffice it to say, it's it, it's not a really, you know, easy race to get through. The other thing about this race is that you need to do two loops of the course in order to get your 15 and a half miles. So 
<laughs> and this is where <laughs> the problems started happening. So here we go. As we lined up for the start of our 25K trail race, a familiar face caught my eye. She stood all the way in the back as if not to bring attention to herself. It was Pat, not her real name, a fixture at local races who was in my age group, and she has a propensity for cheating. Last year at the same race, I found out that she cheated, claiming she got lost. Race officials didn't buy the story, but they gave her credit for the 10K race. This year, officials made it crystal clear. You do two loops. If you do only one, then you don't get credit for a shorter race. And I try to hope for the best in people. So I just drew in a deep breath and hoped that she was reformed. Sadly, she wasn't. So she came in ahead of one of my friends who finished both loops in time it took her to do one. My friend took first place in the 20 to 29 age group. Pat claimed she finished first in her age group. My friend protested, saying Pat couldn't possibly have finished as fast as she had, mainly because she'd never seen her on both loops. In short, after Pat's protestations and lack of proof that she lost out to my younger friend who legitimately finished the race, she was disqualified. Oh, <laughs> and I took first in my age group, mainly because she'd been disqualified and because all the others dropped out. <clears throat> yeah, it's so fun being older. Cheating isn't confined to your local 5K or 10K races. One of the most famous cases involved Rosie Ruiz, a Cuban-born runner who qualified for the Boston Marathon in 1980 after <clears throat> quote-unquote finishing in qualifying time for the New York Marathon. It was later discovered that Ruiz had taken the subway to the race and walked to the finisher's area. There, she told the volunteers that she was injured and then she was taken to a first aid station. Unwittingly, workers recorded her as a race finisher, which qualified her for Boston. And again, Boston is one of these races that, you know, not your average Joe can just sign up for it. You know, if you've got the money, you have to qualify at a different race and have a qualifying time in order to be considered for that race. Okay, so this is kind of a big deal. So at the Boston Marathon, Ruiz crossed the finish line in 231, making it the fastest female finish in the race's history at that time. Um, an Ethiopian woman set the female course record in 2014 with the time of 219.56. Ruiz was disqualified after race officials found out she had burst out of the crowd about a half mile from the finish line, and to this day she claims she ran the entire course. Unfortunately, she's got no evidence to back up her story. Not having evidence is one of the biggest demons to haunt a would-be cheater. One of my good trail running acquaintances, who has a reputation for being an incredibly fast runner, was accused of cheating at a night race a few years ago. The course featured three distinct loops, one for the 10K, two longer loops for the 30K, and three even longer loops for the 60K. This guy ended up setting a course record for the 60K. But two guys who actually led the pack complained to the race director that they'd never even seen this guy, whom I'll just call Ed. 
They accused Ed of cutting the course, perhaps running one of each of the loops. Unfortunately, there wasn't always a person at the turnoff for each course, so it is likely that it would be easy to take a shorter loop and try to make it count. When Ed was asked to show any data, like from a sports watch or app, he conveniently had nothing, and he was disqualified. And incidentally, Ed ran the 60K course again last summer and came in second place, legitimately. Pat also had a similar situation occur last summer, a couple of weeks after that failed 25K. We were participating in a women's-only duathlon, two-mile run, 11-mile bike ride, one-mile one. The biking portion required that riders do two loops. Duathlons are more or less my event. I tend to make up for my slower running time by biking faster than many of the others, and depending on whether the triathlete elites participate in the race, I usually place in the top three in my age group. Last year, as I finished, I noticed Pat was standing at the finish line looking smug. Wow, I thought, maybe she really did the relay with a partner. And I hung around waiting for the results just to see if I'd placed, and they called out the winners, and Pat was called to the podium with a couple of the elites. I was a little surprised. And later, I found out that the husbands of the other participants ratted out Pat She'd only done one loop of the bike course, and when race officials asked if she had any data, she claimed that her watch malfunctioned. Oh, brother. Eventually, she was stripped of her prize, and it was given to its rightful owner. Investigating dubious finishes has become a cottage industry of sorts. Marathoninvestigations.com is a one-man band. A guy from my hometown of Cincinnati eyeballs marathon race results for aberrations and calls them out. Similarly, a group of guys from Eugene, Oregon run the letsrun.com site, which does a similar service. In my experience, I've witnessed a couple of other folks cheat at races. One is a well-respected runner in our community. Last year, I was volunteering at an aid station for a local ultramarathon and a few of us noticed that Janet, not her real name, didn't come through for her fourth and final loop. And we all wondered aloud whether anyone saw her come through, but none of us had. The results were inconclusive because somehow her timing chip didn't record all of her loops as she crossed each time. Someone said she wore both timing chips on one shoe in an effort to cancel out the stats. I have no idea if that's really a thing, but that can mess with somebody's results. Nonetheless, Janet later boasted on Facebook that she'd set a personal record for a 50K. Problem was, she hadn't. In another case, there's a very average guy whom I'll call Pete. He finishes among the last in most of the races I've participated in with him. And last summer at a night race, he was like a ninja getting in front of me without passing and then trailing behind me later and then I noticed that he would cut across certain parts of the trail shaving off a mile here or there especially when there was caution tape set up. Quite honestly neither Janet nor Pete were hurting anyone because they weren't trying to claim awards like Pat or Ed but they were still cheating. Cheaters are like the hit and run drivers of athletics. 
They do something wrong, but they don't think they'll get caught. (laughs) Eventually, they do. And I have no idea what motivates someone to cheat. I have seen elite runners and average Joes do it. Some experts claim that it's because they're externally motivated. The prize and the recognition make them look successful. And for the regular folks, I don't I'm not really sure why they do it. Maybe they're embarrassed because their finishing time is what they hoped for, or maybe they had a bad race. And I'm not saying any of these folks are necessarily bad people, but they do make it hard for the rest of us who train and do what we can on a given day. I've quit races when I'm not feeling it. I'd rather do that any day instead of cheat. Maybe it's my Catholic upbringing. But more than anything, if you choose to cheat, you detract from the integrity of the sport. And that is something I work very hard to uphold, regardless of where I finish in the pack. All right, well, that's what I have for you this time. I've hoped you enjoyed this. Thank you so much for listening. I'm so grateful. Tell your friends, even if they're not runners, to give this a listen because I really do enjoy doing this and I think I'm doing something kind of for the greater good and I don't know. I just want you guys to enjoy this. So, and it's short and sweet, I hope. Anyway, see you next time. (laughs) 